Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. A massive thanks to Guinness and all their support during the season. And we're back again, coming to you from our respective houses. Jim, how are you going, mate? Are you, are you still in the closet? No, I've upgraded, mate, to the bedroom. So, um, but it's very weird. I don't know, like, because I don't normally work from the bedroom. There's all these weird noises going off in the drawer and stuff like that. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> So I have to apologise. <laughs> <You know, laughs> normally I come here to sleep, but it's weird, isn't it? It's weird times. You know, this is day 14 for us in isolation as well. So, and uh, we're all getting a little bit bored. We're all going out of our minds slightly. Um, is that not a razor in the... What's in your drawer? Um, so hopefully I'm going to... I'm going to rip this, throw this drawer out the window. Um, yeah, so I think we're all slightly going out of our minds. And yeah, we're recording from the Hamilton suite, the Hamilton residence, and we're in day 14. So day 14 being Monday when we record the podcast. Uh, last week was a tough week, to be honest. Uh, both Phoebe and JJ got ill as well. High temperatures, coughing, blah 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 So we've... Hey, we, hey, we've not been through the ringer because I'll keep reiterating there's people in a lot worse situations than us. And, you know, this is the thing for me, trying to put things into perspective, really, that we're lucky. So last week, you know, we, we've got a, a big house. We live in the countryside. You know, oh, right, kid, Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, we are. We're very lucky. And we can go out because, you know, the people who live around us are slightly older and they're, they're not there. So we've got forest at the back and stuff that the kids can use. So we're, we're okay. Yeah. And I spoke to Gooley today about it. Mate, I've had a couple of really, not really down days, but down days where I've got a little bit of cabin fever, you know, the kind of, not the home comforts, because I've got all the home comforts, but I think a little bit of normality started to miss that a little bit. And it's, and it's shit. You know, there's some days where it's not great, but trying to put it into perspective to actually what other people are going through, not just the NHS staff and the people working in hospitals, but, you know, people that are locked up in their houses that don't have, you know, the kind of niceties that I suppose that we have. You know, at the minute we don't need to worry about paying for food. You know, we don't need to worry about the kids being able to get outside and exercise, but two weeks in it's i'm finding it tough so i can't even imagine how some people are finding maybe even some of the listeners as well so you know we're all in it together we are but i think there needs to be a kind of reality that you know um you know you post things up and you're having a laugh or whatever but i think everyone's finding it tough and i think you're allowed to say that i think to sum things up you're just finding it tough being around your kids 24 7 is it i tell you what i enjoyed the you know the first week of, of doing it but then you need to try and get into a routine so the schooling side of things and I, I i said that you know beck takes a lead obviously in doing that we've got the twins and that that are very needy as well i have work to do as well i mean the homeschooling thing would be lovely if there was just jj and phoebe but the fact that we've got the twins as well and we're trying to kind of manage all that and make sure that they're happy and make sure that beck's exercising and i'm exercising that we're getting out for fresh air I don't want to say it's impossible, but I think the kids are getting an hour to two hours of schoolwork max a day. And unfortunately, we're doing our very best and there's not a lot else we can do. Well, on that, James, I spoke to Mrs. Good in the week and she offered to uh, do some uh, tutoring to you and to JJ and Phoebe uh, via WhatsApp messaging or Skype or, you know, any FaceTime you want, really. She she thought she'd reminisce with a bit of maths tutorials that you never did when you're at school. Very nice. But isn't there some good people out there? And uh, Mrs. Good's one of them. So there's a, there's, I, a char- might, there's a charge, though. Of course there is. But hey, it's uh, it's something maybe worth paying once we get into weeks four and five, I think. I will start reassessing that. But Goody, as I said, that I've had a couple of t- tough days. So is your good self, mate. How is it without Pablo, without the cleaners, without the nannies? I mean, talk to me. How is it, seriously? Mate, me and the missus, we're in the trenches. Like the nanny. So last time we did the podcast on Monday, uh, the nanny was still here. Uh, Boris spoke Monday evening and he said we're on lockdown. And then the nanny still came on Tuesday and I said to her, I said, listen, you know. Um, human rights, human rights. I want you here. I want you here seven days a week, 24-7. But the right thing to do is uh, to do what Boris says. And, you know, we have to abide by that and respect that. So uh, we sent her home and I've cried ever since. Um and it's interesting, isn't it? Because you look around and 
All these people on social media saying, oh, I've had a spring clean, I've cleared this out, I've done that. Who's got time to do that when you've got kids? Well, the twins, 24-7, relentless. Well, I say 24-7, they normally wake up about half nine in the morning. Um, <laughs> gyms get up about half six in the morning, So, and that's on a good day, isn't it, Jim? Um, and they, they just need entertainment. They, they demand your uh, attention. Uh, they shout in, mummy, 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 daddy, 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 stop eating, daddy's got a big belly. And all. They're, they're, I think they've been listening to the podcast, Jim, because they're ruining me every day. Mate, they just say what they see, don't they? Kids? Oh, yeah, they, they do, say they what do. they see. So no, it's um, it's good to spend time with the family. It's you know we we are enjoying that side of it, but the reality of it is it, it's it's tough for everyone, whatever scenario you're in. And and the me and the missus go to bed every night, and I just say to her, I say we're very lucky that we're not like Jim and Beck because they've got four kids. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people are um, trying to fight that cabin fever. By using um, House Party, have you guys heard of that app? House Party, yeah. yeah. I tried to do it the other night, but like you know, I, I, I do like technology and I like evolution, but I, I don't know how you can have a house party even though you're in your own house and there's no Guinness available in your house. I, I was I was on it the other day, and you know how you can, um, if you're on it, someone wants to talk to you they go straight in like there's no ringing and you don't have to answer you go straight onto their screen yeah yeah, i heard that yeah so effectively it just comes up automatically like on your webcam like you've left it on yeah exactly and i um house partied my friend craig and it beamed straight into his bedroom while he was uh hopping on the bad foot and doing the good thing with his boyfriend oh and missionary style oh Oh, my did you hang up immediately or did you watch I watched for a little bit. Oh, you're I mean, wrong, mate. You're so I just, wrong. Just wanted to see see what how how they made the missionary position work so well. Well, I, I I had it as well, so I downloaded it for the Saturday evening that we had, and I was getting all these numbers from Russia. Ah, no, no, ringing me. Um, I was like, what's going on here? Who's this? Who are these Russian people ringing me? And it turns out it's the house party. So that app has gone from the household, as as the news all day as well we watch the news once a day how consuming can that be i've never watched the news so much in my life but yeah you know this is it is very strange we're all trying to do things that are making us feel a little bit better about life and you know the house party thing and there's only so many more training programs i can watch people doing and this tic tac or whatever it is of these people dancing (laughs) i'm like my (laughs) jim why don't you try it yeah yeah all right yeah yeah, I think I'd literally, I'd rather eat my big toe than do that. But that's the state of mind. That's the state of mind that I'm in today. I might be different tomorrow. I might be more positive. And you might see me on TikTok or whatever it is. Goody, you've taken up baking, haven't you, mate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've got to keep myself fed and watered. And basically, I tell the twins, what should we make today? They don't really say anything. And um, we made banana bread one day. We've made some uh, fairy cakes another day. I love how you say made. Basically, you've got a bag that you've thrown in the microwave, put it on for two minutes, open it, and these cakes come out. <laughs> no, it's actually, actually, I've, I've got self-raising flour, uh, a bit of bicarbonate of soda, what else? some eggs, some sugar, of course we have, a uh, little bit of milk butter give it all a big stir jim and then uh, i think we made 10 cupcakes by lunchtime uh there was only one left and i'd, I'd add eight are you doing any training goody or not are you doing anything to sweat apart from walking up and down the stairs uh yeah we do a lot of walking mate up and down the stairs uh me and the twins playing in the garden quite a lot i've beaten them at football every time we played them got this mini goal outside and you know the celebrations that's where you get the heart rate going you score a goal against your two-year-old twins and then you run around the garden like you've won the world cup you, you should remember that sort of thing with scotland jim oh, oh no Jim, how's the lockdown going? The the show on Rugby Pass. Uh, I enjoy doing that actually. So thank you for mentioning that. Do you get it? The lockdown. Yeah, cause, yeah, because we're all locked down. So yeah, doing the show Rugby Pass. I had uh, some good guests so far. I had Ian McKinley over in Italy uh, first up, and you can imagine with everything that's going on there, the kind of situation that he's in. But he's all safe. Um, I had Ben Foden. He was hilarious actually. He was talking to me about Bastero and I ain't he, happy about him. I ain't happy with that. Why? No one slags off my mate Matthew Bastero, saying he's fallen out with the coaches, he's on his way out anyway. I just, I mean, poor poor Basta. Mate, I know, but it's hilarious. He, he, he told us how his um, his wife, I was going to say his girlfriend, but they were married after a week, his wife has got a, has got a bidet, and there was these napkins and stuff, all these uh, little kind of hand towels that were by the bidet that he thought she wiped off a makeup off her face. Turns out that's what she used to dry her arse, <laughs> her arse with after the bidet. So that was quite a funny story. Uh, and then had Billy Vinopola, and also Finn Russell as well tops off. Hey, Goody, you want to see a man that ain't in great shape who's playing 10 who can carve up, mate? Finn's your man. No neck. I saw it. 
but double neck. So no kind of neck structure, but the thing underneath um, his chin, which is connected to the neck, is there's a big role. Let's just say there's nothing is. It's a role. Every time he plays, pretty much he carves up. So there's proof in the pudding there that you don't need to be a gym monkey. Jim, did Billy Vanapola give any insight into if he's staying or going? Yeah, well, it's out there in the public domain now. Exclusive breaking news, breaking news, which what it was. Um, I asked him straight out because there's a lot of rumours around him leaving Saracens and the opportunities that he got, um, or I'm sure that he will have had in Super Rugby. There was Japan, there was France and stuff like that. One of the interesting things I got from his tone when he said that he was going to stay at Saracens was... I wasn't sure where the Mako was, and I should have asked him really, but I didn't. I didn't want to open him up in case he told me that he wasn't leaving, but there's more and more players that are coming out now saying they're staying. Jackson Ray's uh, come out today and said that. You believe on a poll it was confirmed after we did the lockdown show, but I don't know what about Mako, you know. I'm not 100% sure whether he's going to say he's a slightly different age to Billy. Of course, he's older, um, a lot older by about 30 years, and... He, he didn't say that, but no, it was interesting. It, it was good to chat ch- chat to Billy about his arm and, and, you know, it's kind of given him more time to reflect on the way that he recovers and the way that he goes about his training and stuff like that. What have you guys made of the um, 25% pay cut situation that's still kind of rumbling on, especially with Leicester and Bath? Uh, apparently there's, there's um, players that aren't too happy there. What have you guys made of that? Well, we spoke a little bit on it last week and as we know, momentum's gathering within not just rugby but within the world and, and salaries and, and how how that looks and you know who's being looked after by the government etc but I think naturally we're at a point now where more and more teams are coming out and talking about you know what what the salary deductions are you know that over in Australia there's stuff going on at the minute we know in the premiership over here Gloucester were one of the first teams along with Saracens to to ask for that 25% pay deduction uh, Newcastle aren't paying their players now that we're seeing and Again, as the as the momentum continues around that, we're hearing Bath Leicester, and I'm sure that all the clubs are going to go down that that route because, unfortunately, um, it just seems a foregone conclusion. And I think we we spoke about it. It's very different with someone who's a very high earner earning hundreds and hundreds of thousands taking a 25 percent pay cut to guys lower down the food chain taking a 25 percent pay cut. But it seems in line with. The world, it, you know, 25% isn't a lot compared to people in normal jobs who are losing their jobs. My mates are losing their jobs and and struggling. I don't know. I, I, and, you know, we're hearing whispers now there's discontent amongst squads because some guys are happy to take 25%. Other guys aren't happy to take 25%. I think it's messy. You know, I, I'm sure that we're going to hear clubs asking their players to take more than 25%. Yeah, I think on, on that as well, you're hearing stuff coming out. You know, there was the big thing about Bath the other day. Charlie Ewells then put a statement out on the Bath website saying that he's happy to take a, a pay cut and there isn't this issue. I actually believe, and I'm not 100% sure, but from what I'm hearing, no one's actually agreed to a 25% pay cut across the board by players now. Clubs are trying to enforce it, which um, I fully understand the clubs having the need to enforce it um, across the board uh, due to the financial frailties of a lot of these clubs. Um, now, I think I spoke about it last week. Collectively, they lost 50 million quid as the Premiership clubs last year. Um, you know, we are sat now seeing some, you know, Gloucester did their end of year uh, accounts uh, last week and they, I think they showed a four or five million pound profit, but that's off the back of a, a 12 million pound injection from CVC. So technically, they've lost seven million quid uh, without that investment. So, uh, clubs are having to do it and what we don't want is there to be anarchy amongst the players and the clubs and discontent the RPA who are funded by the RFU and PRL you know they're, they're trying to obviously protect the players but we need a game to come back to and that's the big issue um, I'm hearing some very big names at some very big clubs are saying they're refusing to take a pay cut and legally they're perfectly within their rights to do that um, the issue is uh, you know the clubs can dock you as they see fit there and then uh, and then fight a legal battle afterwards are we going to have a game to come back to in three six nine months time however long it goes on for if that's the case if you've got players suing clubs and um, you know trying to have a standoff then it's it's a very difficult situation to be in so uh, you, you can see it from both sides players need to earn as much as they can in a short space of time for me what it does show is that wages are actually too high for the clubs to be sustainable these clubs are now seeing an absolute shock of what it means to not have revenue coming through the door uh, that they used to have in from match days the stark reality of it is where do you cut costs and then you look at wages you look at what's sustainable you look at where wages have gone and I've always been an advocate of players earning as much as they can but I've also 
I think, been an advocate of making sure that clubs are still here 20 years down the track because we want professional rugby to grow. Hey, that's why we're stood here or sat here in our houses now talking about it. Um, I'm, I'm hearing rumours that potentially they want to reduce the wage cap off the back of this because they're seeing that there's a lot of clubs that could financially crash. You know, we've got to retrace wages a little bit for me for the longevity of the game. And yeah, I, th- I think I'd be fair in saying wages have nearly doubled over the last four or five years, whereas clubs revenue and turnover hasn't. Um, and that makes it an un- unsustainable model, uh, which is a real reality check for, for owners at the minute, for clubs, for CEOs and potentially players further down the track, because I think things could change hugely financially uh, for clubs off the back of the coronavirus and a reality check of where we're at. I think that that's the thing, Goody. I think that it is a reality with what's going to happen. And although we are speculating at the minute, I think it is... 100% obvious that there's going to be something big that comes out of this in terms of losing teams. I don't. I just don't think it's sustainable. Some teams are struggling already uh, and we kind of questioned and we were a little bit unsure and it was great to have Darren Childs on last week to talk to us about his ambition to get the league moving straight away. But the looks of it is and it's not going to happen anytime soon and that's if the season even, even starts again. So you think about the money situation around that and the losses that they're going to get individually for one game two game three game four five games six ga- do you know what I mean it's almost it is Seven almost more. Yeah. you've been doing exactly. maths with the kids haven't you Jim I have mate I'm literally can count to 10 but you may as well count to you may as well count to 15 because the amount of games we're going to lose it could be all of the games so for me it's I do not see how some clubs many clubs are going to survive I, I just cannot see it I don't know where it's going to come from because if BT haven't stopped paying they're going to have to. They can't. They, you know, they can't keep forking out money when there is no money. So I don't know whether there's going to be a government bailout for this kind of thing for you know the sports and entertainment. I mean, it's crazy to think. You think of teams. So Newcastle were clearly struggling. So if they stop paying their players, their season's finished. They could go to court. It, it seems with Ealing. Let's hope they don't. But what happens if Newcastle go under? You know what happens with Wasp? We know Wasp are struggling for money. You know, what happens with Worcester? We, they've opted to furlough their players, haven't they? Are you, yeah. are you surprised that other clubs haven't opted to furlough their players like, like Wasps and only have to pay them 80%? Well, I think other clubs are looking into it, you know, and, and this is the thing. So the interesting thing around it is, is the Guinness Pro 14 because these players are centrally con- contracted. So they're looked after by their union. So Ireland, Wales and Scotland. And I know the SRU are looking at their position at the minute to see how they migrate through this situation. So I think if you're in the unions, you're probably a little bit safer. Um, but these clubs that stand alone, they're at their own entity. Like Gooley said, that they're funded by, you know, your Nigel Ray's, uh, Steve Lansdowne's, uh, Derek Richardson at Wasps. These are the ones where it isn't just them, they're losing money through rugby. They're losing money through the other businesses that they've set up as well. And how sustainable is that? At what point do they think, actually, something needs to go here? We need to lose something along the lines of expended, you know, ex- expenditure leaving our bank account. And unfortunately, like for everyone, and when this all starts up again, what's going to be the last things that, that people start potentially going to is going to be the, they're going to put food on the table, they're going to start paying their bills, and they're going to try and get back to normal. And then they'll start going to watch sport again, unless you can afford to go and you can afford to pay whatever it is, 20, 30, 100 quid to an international, that'll be the last thing that comes back. So I have no idea. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do about it. But I just hope that we don't see in in the next few weeks uh, clubs going under and folding. You know, I was an advocate of, and I still am, a players earn as much as they can. But the reality of it is you've got to have clubs and businesses to be um, there to be able to pay the players because there'll be less jobs going around. If it cuts all of a sudden to to 10 clubs in the Premiership because two have gone bust or, you know, even if, if four clubs go bust... How viable is an eight-team premiership? It isn't. So um, you then have to, as players, think, okay, you may, may not want to take a pay cut, but what's worse? What's the worst situation? We're all in this in, in different ways together, financially, emotionally, and just uh, in life, and everyone's making sacrifices to get through this pandemic and hopefully come out the other side. But that's what we, we need to come out the other side, and clubs are, are trying to find ways of making sure they're still there when we come out the other side. There needs to be... A- a point in time as well I think where there's a, there's a fairness thing so if you're at Newcastle and you're not getting paid or if one, another premier if a well not another if a premiership club comes out and says that we're going to have to f- cut your salary by 50% 75% I think premiership rugby the RPA which is obviously the governing body that looks after the players at some point they're going to have to step in and say look this is what we're going to do for now to make it fair you know 50% 
whatever it is, 25%, whatever it is. Either way, it's going to be a lot of money. But there needs to be a level playing field across the board. And I don't know when that's going to come. If it carries on for another two, three, four, five, six weeks, which which it seems like it might, I think at some point, Goody, someone's going to have to step in because we are literally going to see the house falling down. When we're talking about uh, the salary cuts and Leicester and Bath have been two clubs that have been mentioned in the media um, about there being uh, resistance to the player cuts. Are we talking about player revolts? Is that what we're talking about? Are we talking about players saying no, or are we talking about a negotiation between the players and the clubs? I don't know. Again, we don't know because we're all on lockdown. So you can only kind of guess and maybe put yourself in that position and maybe go on a little bit of hearsay that, that you might hear around the old WhatsApp chats. But I think it's a case of, when you're a player, you're sometimes in this bubble, right? You're in this bubble that you're a professional athlete. You know, the, the outside reality is whatever. It's all about being a rugby player. It's all about playing games. It's all about performance. And as we've seen, this is something that's hit the world that we've never seen before, where it's a leveler for everyone. So if you're at home and you're not watching the news and, and you know, you, you're playing your PlayStation and you're doing your training and stuff like that, you've just got your head in the sand, which is maybe a good way to be, arguably, instead of watching the news and everything that's out there, you're probably not in touch with reality. And you get a, you get a phone call off your agent or an email or, and saying, oh, by the way, just let you know that the club are going to give you a 25% pay cut. You'd be like, no, no, they're not. We'll be back to normal in three or four weeks. And that's the thing. I think there's almost um, a denial amongst people, uh, not just in rugby, but there will be a denial of people that will know this is going to all smooth over. We're only in lockdown for two or three weeks. But I think everything that's going to come off the back of this, and Goody's mentioned it, and there's been a few articles out there that this is bigger than just two or three week lockdown. It actually shows how vulnerable rugby is. Now, as a player, what would I do? I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, You'd go with the masses, wouldn't you? That's the thing. So I'd, I'd genuinely put my hand on heart and be like, if the club approached me and said, you need to take a 25% pay cut because we're fucked, I'd take a 25% pay cut. Do you know what I mean? And work out how we can gain that back at another time. And then you hope that everyone follows. But it becomes very awkward then, doesn't it? If two or three or four or five are like, no, well, I'm not taking a 25% pay cut. Well, if he ain't taking a 25% pay cut, why do I need to take one? He's on X amount. He's on 500 grand a year. If he ain't taking 25%, I'm only on 60 grand a year. Why do I need to take one? So that's where the issues will come. And we don't know. It's, there's a bit of hearsay around the situation, but it's hard, but it's obvious, isn't it? You need to take a 25% pay cut, it seems. That seems the norm that's been set by Saracens, that's been set by Gloucester, and other teams are following suit because it seems the okay thing to do. I think the the, the easy thing for us is to talk about it on a podcast where yeah, we're not in the trenches, we're not there, sat there in a team, we're not on a team WhatsApp group about these 25% pay cuts. But the reality of it is, and you keep going back to it, the finances of, of rugby, they're not whatever makes out they, they could be. So, you know, every club is... Um, perilous uh, in terms of where they're at financially. And, and two weeks ago, some players might sit there and go, there's no chance I'm taking a pay cut. Now, the, 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 the rhetoric's very different. The story's changing all the time and it may become a reality for everyone. And I think the power actually is in the club's hands just to say, this is what we're doing. And as Jim said, get a blanket across the premiership, whatever it is, 25%. And the legal battles could come afterwards, but I think the reality of where we're at in the world, you take a legal battle like this to a judge and he'll probably side with the fact that we're in the middle of a crisis, worldwide crisis, that um, when's that hearing going to be heard? When's you know the legal process going to go through? Unfortunately for players, and it you know as an ex-player, it's not something that you want to advocate, but you're going to potentially have to take a 25% pay cut in the hope that the game's still here when and the club you want to walk back into is still there when we get back. Well, the situation in the UK with regard to coronavirus has obviously been deteriorating, but Italy has been the worst hit country in Europe, and we can have a chat now with someone who's over there and has been having an eventful time of things lately. Italy international George Biagi joins us. How are you, mate? I'm all good, guys. How are you? George, we're very good, mate, and uh, it's good that I'm multilingual and understand Scottish and Italian, mate, because um, I might need to translate, but I, I clearly don't. Great to have you on. It's not been all doom and gloom for you, have you? You've had some good news this week, haven't you? Well, yeah. Well, um, obviously, two weeks ago, I became father for the third time, and um, it was a very exciting time for us, although it's um, it's a bit strange considering the situation in Italy, but um, it looks like finally the contagion of the coronavirus here in Italy, it's finally starting to, to be stable rather than, um, than going up. So hopefully 
there's more good news going forward. Yeah, well, we can come on to that. Let, let's just go back to, to the good news for you and your family. I mean, how how was that situation of uh, your wife giving birth? I mean, because I've got a couple of mates actually over in the UK that... Um, uh, having children as well but for you personally were you allowed in the in the room like how, how was that situation there um so like obviously it's um i mean for us it all happened very fast i was doing some painting at home and um and um elisa's my partner's um, water's broke and we were rushed to the hospital and um you know we we went there a few uh, about a week before to, for a for a checkup and compared to the other times that sort of my my son and daughter, when they were born, they do a lot of checkups. As soon as you enter the hospital, they're measuring your temperature. They ask you a lot of questions about if you have any symptoms. Um, everyone has to wear gloves and masks. And um, initially, when you're received at the hospital, um, the father has to stay outside while they do checkups. Um, so I actually waited about half an hour or so in the in the car by myself um, until you, you're allowed to go upstairs into um into the bathroom and then from there you know everything is is, is more or less normal but um the staff the nhs staff here in italy have been have been really fantastic i mean they're obviously very scared and conscious about what's going on but you you feel very at home and comfortable and they take all the measures necessary to to make you feel that way and um, it was although a strange experience because normally a lot of people are allowed to come visit um, the baby in the hospital and it was just us but it was kind of romantic and special in that way I suppose. Yeah, it's awesome, buddy, and congratulations. Um, one quick question. So I've got twins that uh, are two years old. Uh, so I've got I've got two kids. Jim's got four kids um, who are – he's also got twins. You're in the middle now with three. How hard is it, and have you got any tips for us? Because I keep saying to the missus, we go again, should we try one more time? And she's like, no, leave me alone. Well, um, so far so good. Two weeks in with three. So no, no major issues. Um, no, no real tips. I mean, during quarantine, a lot of the guys I mean, at the club are – are bored because they're by, by themselves in the apartment and there's nothing of that here because between I've got four pugs, three kids now and um, the missus so I've got my hands full um, don't get any any more dogs if you already have two two children um, but it's uh, I mean it's 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 great fun I don't have many tips I mean I'm learning as, a, as I'm going on but I think having having more than one kid is actually helpful because play with each other rather than you just having to entertain them the whole time well i can hear the dogs uh huffing and puffing in the background yeah um, oh mate but uh, bless them just just talk to us on the situation there because it would be silly of us not to ask really like you mentioned there that the numbers are going down i mean everything we're seeing in the uk on the news in italy it's absolutely harrowing i mean it's almost surreal to see the situation what is it actually like living there i know that you're not in the north where they've been most affected but just give us a kind of insight to actually what it's like to be in Italy at this time. Um, well, you know, it's, it is it is very, very strange. You know, I, I'm we're about 100 kilometres from Milan and about, about 150 from Bergamo and Brescia, where it's been most, um, there must been most um, deaths and, um, and it's been hit really badly. It is, it is very, I mean, I, I know people who uh, their grandmothers have died because of coronavirus. I've got a friend who's in hospital. He's about 10 years, he's about 10 years older than me. And he's in hospital. He's not in um, an intensive care unit, but like he's he's seriously ill, and it does affect really everybody. And until I think you actually know if someone has it, it feels a bit distant from you, um, especially at the beginning. The government is doing all you know all it's can all it can do to to keep you safe, giving you measures. I mean, we're all staying in house, and there's no one about. It seems like it's um, you know New Year's Day because there's no cars, there's no one walking about. It's very, it's all very, very, very strange. And, and surreal, you know. I'm staying. Uh, you, you mostly stay in the house and keep keep yourself busy. Um, I've been wearing a tracksuit for about a month now. Got wardrobe full of clothes, uh, um, <laughs> fancy clothes that I don't put on. It's um, you know, I think your your values and what what you have and like you understand what's really necessary and unnecessary in your in your in your daily life. You know, it's um, it's just very different living your daily routine well uh, unlike jim you said you wore a tracksuit for a month i hope you washed that because jim hasn't cleaned his teeth for a month to be honest um <laughs> since he's been locked down but um you're actually born and bred in scotland aren't you uh, and you're a fully fledged italy international you've played countless times now for italy um any allegiance to scotland at all or you you sound more scottish than jim does but you're an italian international i can't work this out um <laughs> 
yeah, I was I was born in Scotland when my mom and dad uh, when my dad worked there and then lived most of my life in Italy. Other than when I was sent to to boarding school because um, obviously my mom and dad didn't love me that much, so they sent me as far away from home as um, as possible. And obviously Scotland was miserable enough for me to go to, so that's where I started um, started playing rugby. And um, yeah, I've actually played against Jim a, a couple of times. Haven't played against you, I don't think, um, Andy. You're much older than us. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, there are some similarities, as, as I suppose. And just go. You're talking about those times you played against Jim. Uh, Jim tells me he's dominated every other second row he's ever played against. Uh, can you tell us your side of the story when you played against Jim? Surely you filled him in. He's soft as anything, isn't he? Well, I played against him. When I think last time Italy won a game in Six Nations, so it's a, it's a while back. But um, I was involved in that, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure what the what Jim's input to that game was. Minimal, probably. <laughs> hey, George, if if Italy won, mate, it was probably a yellow card from my point of view. Um, yeah, probably, probably but, had to get basically off the pitch. Yeah. Oh, I know, mate. Hey, some good times, mate. The wooden spoon decided, mate. It became a victory anyway. Either way, if uh, you won or lost. But I should say that we connected over a beer when you were playing for the Barbarians, and we were filming the documentary for Rugby Pass, which we enjoyed. It was like my long, long lost older brother. You are how old are you now, George? Actually, how old are you? I'm going to be 35 in October. Yeah, 35, and I'm 37. You look 45, which is fine, which is fine. But we did enjoy a beer together. And um, just talk to us about that experience of playing for the Barbarians. Let's talk about some nice, cheerful things, because that was a great occasion, wasn't it, in Cardiff against Wales? Yeah, yeah, it, it was really enjoyable. Even though you were there, it was really, really enjoyable. <laughs> no, um, no, it was, I mean, it was a fantastic experience. I mean, the, the club was great. Um you know, during um, in, in November to, to release me and allow me to, to really experience the, the whole Baba, the whole Baba thing. Um, we, we did have a few beers that, that evening. Um, Shane had to, you had to disappear and take it very quiet and be, be sensible. Yeah, I heard it's unlike you, but it's, um, it, it was, it was special, you know, playing with, um, legends that I only, you know, played against and some didn't even know I ever played, you know, you like, like Rory. Um, and obviously Skark, who both retired after that game, and that there was, um, I think, playing at the Millennium, it was it was really something something special with um, with Gaz having um, his last game there as well, and uh, the Welsh people. It was really really incredible, fantastic atmosphere, and uh, a few great night outs. Yeah, of course, mate. And I was there pitch side and, and it was amazing. Um, look, just going back to the situation in Italy, just just while we have you and before we let you get back to the, the kids and the dogs, is that we, you know, we are what we're reading and what we're seeing on the news a couple of weeks behind the situation in Italy. You mentioned that the numbers are down there in terms of the death toll, which is still harrow, harrowingly high. Is there anything on the horizon of good news? Is, is there anything that we're going to see or hear coming out of Italy that, that the, the, t- the tide is changing properly? Um, I, I don't know. Every every day there's um, there's more news. Hopefully today there's uh, there's more good news. At the moment, the minister of sports said that until beginning of May, no one's allowed to train. So we're looking forward to like a month from now to get back to at least training and then hopefully playing by June, July on the open doors if it all goes um, in the best possible way. Um, we don't know how well or how bad it's going to go, but there are some good signs going forward and hopefully it can be contained in the rest of Europe and you don't have to live what we had to live through up till now. Right, George, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate, and uh, stay safe over there in Italy and um, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up with you again uh, in, in the future. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Cheers, George. Mate. Cheers stay for coming safe, on, mate. mate. Thank you. Good bloke. Good lad. Good Great lad. Bloke. Great yeah, bloke. Yeah, no. He has had a beer with him in Cardiff, and um, yeah, obviously I know him. The, the, the lads in Italy call him the shit Jim Hamilton. He didn't fail to mention that. <laughs> the legend, the legendary Jim Hamilton. <laughs> so no, he's a, he's a nice bloke, and I read his article actually on Rugby Pass. That's where I first found out that he was having another child, and you just can't imagine the situation out there. You know whether we're going to see that kind of situation out here. I don't, you know, I, who knows? Fingers, toes, and everything crossed that we don't. But to have a kid in this situation must be scary so big congratulations to him and uh yeah i think that it's not good news that we're hearing out of italy i think that we can all say that it's slightly better news than what we've been hearing yeah it is a little bit rude though i thought he was um he's 35 i'm only 39 and he says i'm way older than him that's just four years like i must have i must have played against him i must have hung a kickoff up there for him that he dropped straight off his head like you jim i saw one of your kickoffs on uh, tv this week was it off a tee to start the game oh good 
Mate, I thought I was bad at kickoffs, mate. Tell Benny K that. Oh, my hands like tits. That's all I know, mate. <laughs> Well, we mentioned the pay cuts and Bath being in the headlines earlier on, and we can have a chat now with a friend of the show who's at the centre of it all. Freddie Burns joins us. How are you, mate? Boys, how are we? Everyone's safe and well? Mate, we're safe and well, mate, in lockdown. Uh, how are you? We're seeing, mate, you seem in a more comfortable position than my good self, I'll be honest. Yeah, mate, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's obviously a funny old times at the minute, but um, yeah, I'm on lockdown with a girlfriend, so the home gym has been dusted down, mate, and is getting used a little bit, and yeah, we're just we're just plodding on, really. Well, let's talk about that. The the lockdown with the missus. Um, first time that you've been uh, locked down in your house with her. Is she hating you yet? Is she happy? Are you uh, you deeply in love? When's the stag do? When's the stag do? I sent her the We had one packed bag on day three, uh, but when she realised she was going back to London, I think she turned around pretty quick. Um, <laughs> but no, we're getting on. We're getting on really well, mate. So. Funny old circumstances, but um, no, I'm, I'm I'm thankful for the company, mate. She's not too bad on the eye either, so it's nice waking up next to her. Yeah, you're punching. I am punching, yeah, 100%. Mate, that's what I said, mate. I said he'd be punching if he was going out with his brother as well, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, Freddie. Uh, <laughs> Freddie. Yeah. It's, good. <laughs> it's good to have a laugh. It's good to have a laugh, mate. We need one. If we don't laugh, mate, we'll cry. Um like how are things then as a, as a professional rugby player because we're we were talking about some of the salary cuts and I, I suppose being a young bloke who is life you know from the outside maybe not just you specifically but I mean as a group you're in a sports team you know testosterone levels are flying high you're playing albeit five minutes a week at the minute Fred but everything you know is there a degree of head in the sand with the situation that's going on outside or is everyone fully aware of the situation and knows that there could be a little bit of longevity into what we're seeing I think it's one of those everyone's kind of carrying on and, and hoping that rugby will be up and running pretty soon but I think you just look at the situation everything that's going on with the coronavirus and stuff like that it's um you know it's going to be a long time till we're, till we're playing again so you know you keep trucking on you want to keep yourself in in good shape but you know, I'm pretty you know, I'd be very surprised if the season gets up and running as disappointing as that is to say and then with regards to the pay cuts and all that sort of stuff you know 25% whether you're on 20 grand or on 300 grand is, is, is a big chunk to, to, to take and I know that there's a few discussions going on with, with, with how we handle it and having asking questions as to why this is happening uh, etc and we're just waiting on those answers now and I think players will act accordingly when they get that information. And who's giving you them answers, Fred? So, uh, you know, who are you posing the questions to as players? Because obviously you can't meet up. Is there a WhatsApp chat? Have you been pointed to the RPA? So who's dealing with the situation as a player? Agents? Just give us a little bit of insight into that. Yeah, it's a little bit of... Um, it's a funny one. Obviously, like you say, there's no there's no big meetings. We've uh, we had a little bit of information from, from Stuart Hooper. Um, I've got to say, Charlie Yules has been brilliant. Um, he obviously is captain of the of the club is, has been sort of liaising with them and, and feeding that back to the boys. And again, we're still in this phase. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to say just because we are, we're still waiting for a few answers and, and a few uh, ideas on, on what's actually going to happen. So we are just, as it stands, just sort of in that bit of limbo kind of waiting. And obviously you take into account people's, people have different situations with the club. There's some guys that are tied into long-term contracts that wouldn't want to upset the, upset the club or, or do anything to sort of, upset the way that they go about their business day to day you've got guys that are leaving that probably feel like they need that money and, and want to take it so as much as we're trying to deal with it as a club there are individual um, cases as well which is which is tough to juggle at the minute and is that something you've spoken about as players that it's one in all in it's the same for everyone or it's individually based decisions or is that something that's still in the air as well uh, I think at first we you know it, it is you know you are stronger as a, as a unit and as a team so there has been discussions as, as what we wanted to do as players but at the minute while there's still questions to be answered we are sort of united on the team on, on waiting for those answers before we make any decisions but I think the only thing I like for me I can only talk for myself personally is I don't like the way that or, or what I've been hearing of, of how these pay cuts have come about it seems like the club owners have all got together and sort of discussed it with them and not really taken anyone else in, into account so different cl- like clubs are different we have a we have a standalone owner who is financially very stable um other clubs don't have that so it's different for different clubs so you can't just blanket everyone i feel like every club needs to be dealt with individually and uh, every player individually as well 
Yeah, it's tough times, and then uh, we'll see what happens about that. But let's go back to talking about training. Obviously, it's pretty tough, apart from um, being locked up with an absolute worldie. It's pretty tough for you um, to get some decent training. You started down the lockdown period with loads of training videos. What's happened to them, mate? Have you just given up on that? Or? <laughs> I'm lying to the public, mate. I'm, like, I'm there pretending that I'm doing stretching and all that. I'm doing no stretching. Uh, I went to, I've, got a, I've got a rugby club literally a minute from my door. Nice and open. So I went down there today, did a bit of a running session. I thought I'd do some kicking afterwards and I was terrible. <laughs> um, it's quite hard to be fully motivated because you don't know. You're sort of waking up and you're juggling, like say, the pay cuts. You're juggling when the season's going to get back together. You're trying to work out what food you need, all this sort of stuff. You're getting all this information from, from rugby and from the government and stuff like that. It's quite a hard time to be motivated. But I've got a nice garden, a little gym in the garden. So I do a few pumps, a bit of skills and then... Yeah, that's me done for the day, mate, to the sofa. Straight in the jacuzzi. Exactly, mate, the jacuzzi's broken. Oh, no. It's, pl- it's clogged up, it's clogged up, mate. Was that from Jim's bush, when Jim got in with his... Potentially. I think, I think yeah, Jim's bush clogged it up, I think. Oh, Potentially. Uh, Freddie, look, we'll come back to the, the training side of things. I, I think it is quite interesting, because people just think that once this is all finished, you know, the season could get back underway, but there's the deconditioning phase. You mentioned the kick in there, but I think you made a really good point about the individual parts of players going through this process, because when we were chatting about it before we had you on and not hearing your side of the story you're 100% right so you've got different scenarios here so if you've got Charlie Alls and we don't know how much he's on but if he's got a two or three year deal he'd feel a lot more comfortable taking a 25% pay cut knowing there's going to be an end of the situation that we find ourselves in and everything will be back to normal but for someone like you who is out of contract you're unsure what you're going to do so to take a 25% pay cut and the likelihood is that 25% you lose from now until May or June or whenever your contract ends you're not going to get that back so is that the kind of point that you're making and and is there any talk of next season? I'm sure contract talks with any potential clubs you were looking at have potentially stalled now. Yeah, no, you're bang on. I think it is. Um, I've been the first to admit that I've been extremely frustrated and with the lack of game time. I felt you know, this year I've been, you know, sort of devalued as a player quite a lot in terms of not even getting an opportunity when the team was losing or, or even when we were playing badly. So you know, there is there is that. Um, but with regards to next year, yeah, I, I'm still. Now I've got I've got something in the pipeline that, that's almost done and dusted. Um, but again, as soon as this kicked off, it it suddenly put that into um, into a bit of difficulty. So it was hard at the minute. Bayer still haven't even spoke to me about whether they want to keep me or whether they want want to let me go. I guess from the lack of game time and the lack of communication, the writing's kind of on the wall for me. So I've looked elsewhere. I've got something lined up, uh, still not signed, as I said. And you can probably hear in your voice um, that you're a little bit frustrated with that situation around Bath. So when you look back on the last few years and the, the, the whole way the Bath thing came about, is there an air of frustration how it's all kind of unfolded and how you've been managed? Yeah, massively, I guess. To put it um, you know, bluntly, I guess, what should have been the dream move has turned into not, not a complete nightmare, but you know, something very far from what I was, was expecting it to be. You know, some of that I'll take full credit for. You know, I get sent off on debut. I don't put the ball down against Toulouse. Do you know what I mean? That's completely uh, self-inflicted. But you know, there has been other aspects that have left me, you know, pretty frustrated and, and very disappointed with how my time at Bath has been. Um, the boys have been great. Coaches in parts have been, have been all right. But yeah, this year I just feel a little bit sort of not even hung out to dry, mate. Just, just sort of forgotten about. I feel like an academy player again that I'm sort of having to earn respect and stuff from from coaches and and not even being given an opportunity to showcase what I can do, regardless of the fact that I've been training well and no, when I have played I've, out of position, I've, I've actually gone all right. Fred, you know, I'm always going to remember you as the man who single-handedly beat the All Blacks. So it doesn't matter about the drop ball. Mate, that's all that, that matters. That's all that matters. But I, what I want to bring it back to it is the training side of things because you're very lucky. You've got um, a, a local rugby club, you know, a, a minute down the road. The majority of people haven't got that and the majority of players, especially these guys in London as well. So how deconditioned... I mean, maybe you might be slightly different to like an Owen Farrell, but I don't imagine Owen Farrell, for example, is kicking in his back garden in St. Albans. His, his garden's not going to be big enough to do that. Well, it might be. Cheers, Nigel Ray. But my point being is, my point being is, like, how many weeks will it take the players to get back to a level where they're conditioned to play and you've got the accuracy off the tee and stuff like that? It's not, it's not one or two weeks, is it? We're talking three or four at least, right? Yeah, 100%. I think it's, you know, and again, it goes back to this individual basis. I'm probably one of the lucky ones in terms of, you know, having, having the gym, um, having a bit of grass to run around on, but it gets you nowhere near 
close enough to be a match fit and a uh, match sharp. And now I know that the club of Bath, actually the SSC department, have been have been great. They've I know they've loaned out all the kit from the gym at Bath. So when we got told on the the Monday a couple of weeks ago that we were gone, uh, the boys came in in the following days and picked up you know benches and dumbbells and what bikes etc that they could use at home. Um, but yeah, it gets you nowhere near. So it's going to be a long process to to get the players back sort of playing. We're doing the best we can, but you know it's, it's impossible. As you know, you can be as fit as you want on a watt bike, but when it comes to running around a rugby pitch um, and hitting people with your tits for 80 minutes, it's completely different. Oh, mate, you don't need pre-season. I proved that when I played for Newcastle. You do not need pre-season to play Premiership Rugby and get nominated for the RPA Players' Player of the Year. So is there any chance, do you reckon I could come back then now? If, if no one's training and there's four or five weeks that people need to get back in, if it was just lads, get your boots on, you'd be keen to do that, wouldn't you? You don't need training, just get out there and play. No, I love it. Wind back the years. Just, you know, roll out after a few beers and, and get playing. Uh, yeah we'll, we'll see mate it's, it's a tough one but I reckon there's definitely a case for you to come back mate no, I'm not sure about that but let's just talk about you we, we know you're uh, very tight with all your family Billy's over in Belfast uh, first and foremost how's he settling uh, in terms of the the, uh, the lockdown but also more importantly we're missing your mum Donna on Instagram so are you okay not seeing her because I know you spend a lot of time together and you know the millions of, of uh, listeners to our podcast and the millions of your followers on social media are missing that interaction with your mum aren't they oh mate so Bill, Bill's doing all right. I think he's over there building his Lego and you know, he's obviously looking after his missus who's, who's expecting. So he's all right. As for mum, you know, I want to see her. I do miss her. Like a funny old woman. Um, but she just can't seem to just do a FaceTime. She has to see us in person. So I sometimes go up and just stare at her through a window like she's a zoo animal. Um, <laughs> and that's it, mate. Yeah, so it's a bit tough. You know, she's got a big birthday coming up soon, which you know, everything's probably on, on hold for that. So it's, uh, mate, it's tough, but it's tough for everyone, isn't it? So... Yeah, she's getting by. I'll, I'll try and get some. I'll have to re, rehash some old videos of her mate and get them on for the for the millions that listen and follow. And if you're saying she's a zoo animal, uh, what would she be if she was a zoo animal? Because I know you love your mum dearly, but... Jesus, what can I say she'd be? Uh, she'd probably be a monkey, mate. <laughs> Freddie, what we should say, we, we should say a big happy birthday to Dollar because it is the the big six zero. What I find really bizarre is that your mum's turning sixty, yet you look twenty years older than her. I just don't get it. It's just bizarre. It's not till the end of April, but she is. Yeah, so we're trying to sort out a little thing, but she's um, yeah, we're just trying to have a contingency plan for the fact that we can't go out and fill her with brandy and coke. So. Um, Bike Coca-Cola. We'll take her on your stag day, mate. That'll be fine. Exactly, mate. Exactly. I'll bring on the stag. All right, Freddie. Thank you very much for joining us, mate. Stay safe and uh, best of luck for the rest of the lockdown. Yeah, cheers, lad. I'll speak to you soon. Take it easy. Cheers, cheers, cheers Freddie. Freddie. Take it's all right, mate. Bye. Legend. Absolute legend. Absolute legend. Yeah, great to have him on. It's a shame, isn't it, as well, with um, everything at Bath. But I think, actually, he, he's made a completely different point to what I made. I mentioned it when we spoke to him there, the fact that if you know, if I was in the team, you know, I'd take a twenty-five percent pay cut. You know, I, and then actually, he made a really good point. If in my, in my final season, I've got three paychecks left, you know, and then I don't know where I'm going at the end. Maybe I would be thinking very differently. So, see, this is the thing. This is the thing that the issues they're going to have, aren't they? And he said it's not going to be right for the Premiership Rugby or whoever to put a blanket over and say everyone needs to take a twenty-five percent pay cut because it's staggered people are in completely different situations people are in different financial situations they're in in the mix of contract talks that have probably stalled down potentially might not happen if clubs are going under but it's great to have him on um i got a lot of time for 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 young freddie well everyone seems to be doing quizzes online at the moment so we thought we'd do our very own quarantine quiz it's a mixture of rugby and general knowledge and it's the best of five but we should really uh, think for forfeit for the loser before we get started as well shouldn't we guys shave your head shave your head no that's not a razor I yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh mate i don't know mate um it's but if if it's forged the quarantine quiz then no let's just hit me with some questions i'll let you know early on what, what the forfeit could be <laughs> all right only two players have been sent off more than jim in premiership history who are they hang on so there's only two players that have been sent off more than i only got sent off twice oh jim is it quickest to the buzzer or how do we do this maybe say your name the first person to say their name gets to answer it jim oh i've got one so i might be able to get half of it julian white Oh, that's the one I was going to say. And the other one? I was going to say Danny Grucock, but uh, I don't think that's the answer. Cockrell. Oh, Goody, 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 Goody. Goody, what's the answer, mate? I'm reading between the lines. I'm going to say David Pace. 
That's correct. Really? Well done. Yes. Uh, it's half point each. Pace, mate. There you go. Okay, fine. Hit us. All right, question number two. Remember, the first person to say their name gets to answer the question. What is the capital of Hungary? Goody. 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 Oh, I don't know why I've said Goody. Let's do it on three. One, two, three. See if I did know it at the same time, just to let everyone know. Go on then. One, two, three. Budapest. Budapest. That's correct. Right. Well done. So you right. did know it, but Gertie gets I the points because it. he said his name okay. first and Go. you said his name first as well. So, Okay, smart. Question number three. Gertie holds the record for most points in a premiership match, but name one of the three players who jointly held the record before that. Jim Wilkinson. No, that's oh, no, 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 Dave Waller. 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 No, no, sorry, incorrect, sorry. Mate. Who are you saying then, Jim? David Waller. Who's David Waller? <laughs> Who's David Waller? Uh, you're close. You're close, Jim. It's Dave Walder, Dog. not not Dave Waller. Dave Walder. Dave Walder. Then <laughs> sorry uh, for that. Dave Walder was one because he always talked about it at Newcastle when uh, I went and played there and saved them from relegation. Have I told you about that story? Um, Jim, Jim, Jim. I've got it. I've another, got another one. one. Is, another one is Tim Stimson. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have gone with him. Yeah, Stimo because he messaged me straight away saying I've broken his record and he helped me out a lot when I was a youngster uh, as a bit of a mentor. Third one, I've got no idea. Paul Grayson? No. Is it someone at Bath? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> the third player was, of course, Noel Woods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheers, Andy Rowe, mate, because you know him, yeah. No worries. Okay, cool. Uh, the next question, question number four. So, Jim, All you right, need go. both. Is this to draw? Four he, and five. He needs both to draw. I'll just put, I'll just put the mic down then. Question number four, what is the name for a baby kangaroo? Jim. Jim, what is it? A joey. Correct, That's correct. Jim. Well done, Jim. Correct, yeah, I know Jim. I know animals. I'm into animals, you know. Like, I like wildlife so with the kids and stuff. A joey, good. What else you got? All right, the final question. Remember, Jim, you've got to get this right to draw with Gertie. How many premiership appearances have you made between you, the closest wins? Jim, or the closest wins. We both get an opportunity here, so let me think. How did you make, Jim? I'm not. I'm not telling you because. Four twenty. Four hundred and twenty. Okay, Goody. Do you want to have okay, a go? That's, at your, it? That, that's your effort. I don't think it's that high because I know I was about two hundred and thirty, and there's no way Jim made one hundred and ninety appearances in the Premiership, or did he? I'm looking at his face now on video. He's trying to give it away. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'll say four hundred. The answer is 371. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, Andy Goode. You could have done more, Goody, mate, to bring that number up, to be honest with you. Oh, mate, well, let's talk Let's talk numbers. I What was I, 230-ish or something like that, 230? Yeah, uh, yeah, I played in the top 14 as well. So did I. And I played All right, the, here he is. Uh, for, for two years, <laughs> and I played in the championship for a year. I made How many, how many appearances did I make, Andy Rowe? You made 236. I made 236 appearances mm. in the Premiership, and if we made 371 in total... How many does that make for you, Jim? A hundred odd. <laughs> 135. I reckon it's 135 uh, by my maths. Um, I was so Europe, I, mate. They saved me for Europe, mate. So I was over 100. I was 101 appearances more than you, Jim. Well, before we get into another riddle uh, in your new feature, Jim, uh, we were sent something this week and we found someone who found the Chicago riddle just as difficult as you. Have a listen to this. Hang on now. So the three first letters is Chip. Yeah. Two thirds. So you got cats up. Ka. Yeah. Chica. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go on. And two quarters got. Yeah. Why? So what have you got? What three things have you got? Chicat. No, go on, keep going, say it. Just Okay, it doesn't matter. Two quarters. So you got chair? Yeah. Ka. What's the last one? Go. Go on then. Chicka go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Stop. I don't know. Say it again. A chicka go. <laughs> Say it again. Just the word. The whole three things. Chicka go. Say it again. Chi. Yeah. Ka. Go. Say it louder. Chicka go. Yeah. Say it go on. Do keep doing that. Say it again. Chicka go. Yeah. Keep going. Chicka go. Keep going loud. Louder. Chicka go. Chicka go. <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, keep going. Chicago. <laughs> 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 
Mate, I told you, mate. This is it. This is normal. Not an easy riddle, that. Do you want to introduce the segment, Jim? Yes, of course I do. Because this is the moment that I shine. It's called Jim Will Solve It. Get it? Riddle me this, riddle me that. Jim will solve it. If not, peel back. Now, I would say that I've solved two out of the three that we've done so far, questionably. I got them. I've gotten them so far. Um, but they've been tough. They're not easy. Hit me. Chick wool. I have branches, but no fruit, trunk, or leaves. What am I? I have branches, but no fruit, trunk, or leaves. So it's not a tree. So what else has branches that isn't a tree? I have branches, but no fruit, trunk, or leaves. Is it something then or not, or is it like... It is something, Jim. It is something. something. So it's something specific that has branches, right? Veins. Oh, I see what you've done there. Yeah, because they obviously branch out to different parts of the body. Uh, I don't think they're called branches, though. Okay. Uh, Good good guess, but wrong. I have branches, but no fruit, trunk, or leaves. I'm trying to read it quicker. Let me do this. I have branches, no trunk, no leaves, and what am I? Jeez, I've got no idea. That's a tough one again. I don't know. Give me a hint. Where would you go that's a a branch, James? A bank. There you go. He's got it. Boom. There we go. He just needs a little bit of explanation from my good self. Everyone needs a hint now and again. So a bank has branches but no fruit, trunk or leaves. Very true. Very true. Well done. We'll be back again next week. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be back again. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Jim will solve it. Peel back. Do you guys want to have a look at the rumour mill? Is there much going on at the moment? Oh, Gosh, let's. <laughs> oh, Freddie Burns, where's he going? We just heard from him. He's leaving Bath by the sounds of it, which is a shame, really. Uh, I haven't spoken to Fred. You know, I know he loved playing for Bath, uh, but just feels he hasn't been treated that well there and doesn't play very much. So, you know, master his own destiny in terms of looking for another club. I'd be intrigued now. Um, I reckon France would suit him. I really do. I don't know where. Uh, just the way he plays his uh, happy-go-lucky self his ability he's a quality player so there'll be a lot of top 14 clubs i reckon who'd look at him um and see what he's done in the premiership over the years in europe and go hey i like a bit of him he's an attacking fly half someone that can run a game as well kicks well uh game management's spot on most of the time and you know puts it about as well so i'm going to predict in france where should we say bordeaux how about that bordeaux. One? Mate, he's got a stag do you know what after after this lockdown's finished i've got four stag do's that haven't been confirmed yet. I don't know who the lads are who are getting married, but there's there's four stag dudes, <laughs> mate, that are getting out. <laughs> Any other rumours floating about? Curtly Beal. Yeah. We saw that one last week to Rassi 92. Yeah. Rassi 92 yeah. splashing the, the cash again. A big one. Sione Calamaphoni, if you're a Leicester fan. Uh, I was at Gloucester with him, actually. Talking of him going to Scarlet's, going to Wales. Yes. Who knows? I imagine, like Freddie said, and I've got a mate who's an agent as well, um, and he says it's everything's clearly just stopped, clearly paused. So who knows? And a lot of things could change between then and now. He said Japan are still doing business, and he said also Pro D2 in France. I know it's not that big news, but the way that the French government work in terms of if players can't get paid for whatever reason, then the government paying, we've spoken about it before with the chômage and stuff, but the Pro uh, Pro D2, so the second division, the championship effectively in France, which pays significantly more than the championship, they're still doing business, but messy. Uh, no, no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, we'll get into some social media questions shortly, uh, but if you're on the lookout for some more great rugby content, check out our superfan subscription service at patreon.com. I caught up with former All Black scrum half Justin Marshall for a chat on there recently and we thought we'd play you a quick clip of that now to give you a little taste of what's on offer. When I was playing for the All Blacks, Eddie and I had a run-in after a test match where back in the old days, if there was a judicial process to go through, you did it straight after the game. And I was involved in an incident um, where there's an alleged eye gouging and I had to go up and go into this room with the siding commissioner and they just go through the tape and then it all gets... After that, it all gets presented during the next couple of days and they they review what's happened, etc. But anyway, I go up there and we've just lost this test match in the last minute and uh, Eddie Jones is in the room and I'm there with the all-black manager and um, Eddie got told that he was just going to watch the, watch the footage. He was only there to see what his player was accused of and um, he wasn't able to speak so that he understood what his player had done and the process would take its course after that. So they asked me to talk my way through it and I did and then the, the first person to speak um, and say something was 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 Eddie who said, well, how do you know at that particular time that that's where this incident happened? And I looked at him and I said, hang on, mate. Did you not hear what that guy said? He said, you are not permitted to speak. You're here to listen and you've just spoken. And Eddie looked at me and he said, don't you speak to me like that, champ. And I said, 
what'd you call me? And he said, you heard me, champ. And I said, don't call me champ. And he said, why? What are you going to do about it, champ? I said, you call me champ one more time. And uh, by this stage, the, 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 the poor old QC was, was, was besides himself. He was almost hiding under the table. My all-black manager was grabbing me by the collar because Eddie and I were face-to-face. We were going to have a fight in this little oh, room. Oh, goodness. And um, my manager pulled me out of the room. I was livid at this stage. And... The funny thing was, uh, I went down for a beer afterwards and I walked in and George Gregan and Rod Kafer and a few of those boys were there and I went, and obviously I was the last person in, I was 30 minutes behind everyone else and when I walked up to them, they turned around and George said to me, well, oh, g'day champ, fancy a beer? <laughs> um, so, um, that's, that's, that's good old George, but the funny thing was, going all the way back then, then we go on, what, I don't know, 10 years, 15, 10, 12 years or whatever. And I'm in Montpellier um, having a bit of a bad time of it down there and uh, not playing. I'd been suspended. Um, and uh, the phone rings and on the other end of the phone, um, it goes, uh, our voice comes on and goes, oh, g'day champ, it's Eddie. What are you up to, mate? <laughs> so, and we hadn't seen each other or spoken in all of that time. And uh I said, oh, day, mate. How's it going? He goes, oh, you fancy coming? We, we need a half bit. You fancy, I see you're looking like you're having a bit of a bad time down there at Montpellier. Are you keen to come and play for Saris? So uh, I ended up um, playing under Eddie um, in that period and absolutely loved it. There you go. Just head to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod if you like the sound of that and sign up to get loads of extra interviews and features for just a few quid a month. Social media, Grant uh, Suddy has tweeted us and he wants us to do the pod naked just for a laugh. What are you guys' thoughts? Oh, wait. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Have you got your missus tied up in the room with that going, Jim, or what? I haven't, mate. She's downstairs, bless her, with the four kids. But there's something, there's some weird noises in this room. I literally need to sort this out, mate. I mean, imagine being on a work call or something like that. Do you know what I mean? When all this is going on. <laughs> Lucy Payne has tweeted When do you think we'll get an English England rugby manager, and who will that be? Who's the future? of English rugby management and if that's a tough question what needs to be done to build the management of the future I could see Mark McCall you know he's not English I just just yeah. let you know Jim he's Northern Irish <laughs> I, know, I, know, I don't know hang on hang on don't get political on me mate it's effectively the same it's effectively the same mate Northern Ireland I lived in Northern Ireland but also he's been in the club game in England for a long time so that was going to be my point and then you throw Rob Baxter into that mix as well with Exeter. Richard Cockrell, maybe. But he's Scottish now, isn't he? Because we had him on the podcast and he kept saying we. As in not talking about small or little in Scottish. He was saying as in we, as in we in Scotland. Um, I don't know, mate. I, I'm, look, from a, a quarter English point of view, I'm happy with Eddie Jones at the minute. I just don't like the fact that we keep looking. And I've changed my tact on this because we, we did it, Goody, on the podcast. We were chatting about who the next England coach should be. I think that we should be very different to football and we should stick by players and coaches and uh, yeah, not be looking for who's coming in next but he's taking a pay cut old Eddie so he's taking a big hefty pay cut as well so yeah I'm sure that his outgoings are quite big as well yeah it's interesting isn't it? I mean you mentioned some of the names then there isn't actually many standout names but again I always go back to who wants the job yeah would Rob Baxter want to leave Exeter now if, you, if you're going to name an English person right now who uh, you'd see as someone that we'd all get behind you'd say Rob Baxter but I can't see him leaving Exeter. I think he's in a very comfy environment there. He's building what he wants to build. And with the England job comes a lot of pressure and a lot of a lot of people in the press um, wanting your head or saying you're the best thing since sliced bread the next week. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Cocker's obviously in the mix. Um, Mark McCall. I'm actually hearing things at Saracens that the players are really not happy with Mark McCall as well. Hey? Yeah. With what? With what's happened with the salary cap um, and how it's all been parked at Nigel Ray's door. So... And, and, you know, Nigel Ray, as we've said on here, is a great bloke. Done some fantastic things within rugby, but he's taken the whole brunt of it where Mark McCall has, you know, been kept out of everything. Whereas he, uh, from some of the players, that the noises I'm hearing, that he was very much a part of all that decision making and those deals being made. This is going back to your source again. Uh, chili sauce. Chili sauce, yeah. Chili sauce salad. Bowl. I'm missing my kebabs. I'm missing my kebabs. Right, well, let's finish things off with the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is brought to you by Suns again this week, isn't it, Goody? Yeah, it certainly is. I can see on Jim's lid here on screen it's actually working, and it looks like it's thickening up nicely, James. It has, mate. There's no need for what isn't. I've just taken it out of the drawer, and luckily, it was a it was a it was a barber thing that was kept going off in there. So that was me tempted to shave my head amongst all the stress and the anxiety that's been brought to us in lockdown. Not anymore. 
because this puppy on top of my head is like a puppy. It's soft, it's fluffy, and it's growing back. Sons, thank you. Yeah, I've been using the shampoo, the tablets, the vitamins, and the topical solution every day, and it's working a treat. Hair loss is an issue a lot of men don't talk about, but Sons are helping to change that and offering a solution. They have a range of pharmaceutically licensed and medically proven products for preventing hair loss. Their free online consultation with specialist physicians takes less than two minutes and delivery takes just a few days. They deliver results in nine out of ten men and all for a reasonable monthly cost and no hidden costs or charges. So give baldness the boot and go to sons.co.uk and use the code RUGBYPOD10 to get your first month for just 10 quid. That's S-O-N-S.co.uk, and the code is RUGBYPOD10, so go and check them out. Uh, good. Um, not masses of good, obviously. Not masses to talk about rugby-wise, but I've still found a few things. Uh, firstly, um, we bagged them last week, but the RFU have come good, and they've said there's a package of $7 million in loans and other funding available to community clubs, which is very important. We thought they were a bit slow to make that. Um, acknowledgement and make that available but um, some good news there some good news there uh, in them doing that Um, but the good this week goes to everyone really that's been involved in rugby Uh, there's too many people to mention uh, specifically but there's rugby clubs and people and players and absolutely everyone in the rugby community clubbing together really to help in the fight against coronavirus for all the players uh, that are continuing to make phone calls to elderly fans to clubs delivering food to vulnerable people in the community and a big shout out to grounds like Park Ye Scarlets and the Principality Stadium um, who are going to be turned into temporary hospitals uh, to fight this coronavirus pandemic so um, good stuff around the rugby communities Uh, if you're doing good then keep doing it please Uh, the bad well I mentioned them in the good but the RFU uh, get a mention of the bad because they've come out and said they expect losses of over 50 million quid over the next 18 months. I don't think that's a great position to take and make it say state it publicly. There's a lot of clubs that may struggle with uh, some lesser numbers than that. But to come out and say you're going to lose 50 million over the next 18 months because of coronavirus is basically trying to get an excuse out there early for perhaps not funding other things as much as you could, um, which I didn't think looked great in the media. Uh, so they get the bad this week. Um Unfortunately, there's a lot of financial pain to come through for everyone involved in it. So the bad goes to the RFU, but the ugly, uh, only one real ugly thing is the row over the 25% pay cuts. We've spoken about it on here quite a bit. I can see both sides of the story, but it's not looking good for the game. Uh, And the sooner we have some clarity uh, and the clubs and the players try and agree to whatever is best for the game going forward, uh, the better. Thanks, Goody. And you've got a couple of shout outs to finish off with, haven't you guys? Yeah, we have Andy Rowe, thank you. We've got a big shout-out to Aldo from Birmingham, who tested, unfortunately, for COVID-19 last week. He's a huge fan of the show, and of Goody, apparently. Um, I don't think he's thinking straight if he's saying that. But anyway, and his mate Ash wanted to wish him well. He also says that he has a pip. Why are you being horrible? Why are you being horrible, mate, amongst these times? But if he's got a pip, he's got a pip. Hey, you've got to say it how it is. Yeah, big shout out to Aldo uh, and also a massive shout out to Devonport Services RFC uh, who have already raised £9,000 for the NHS by shaving their heads. Uh, so check out their Just Giving page. It's justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash DSRFC Big Shave. That's DSRFC Big Shave if you fancy helping them raise even more money to support our amazing NHS. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Cheers to producer Tim and you for listening as well. We really appreciate everyone who subscribes, follows us on Twitter, and particularly those who leave us a nice review on iTunes. And don't forget, if you need some more great rugby content while you're stuck indoors, check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. (laughs) 